And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort Donna Dort Donna Dort This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk This is Poku and I'm down to dunk I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, for our Monday show. We're recording on a Sunday, though. It's my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Hey, I'm excited. The dunk contest happened. It was fantastic. <laughs> you wow. Really, you really liked that. You like mediocre no. dunking. <laughs> no. It was so uh, bad. It was yes. it was the worst dunk contest in a long time. We've had some good ones actually. And yeah. you know what? Who could have seen it coming? You looked at the guys that were in it. Like Cole Anthony. <laughs> what are we, what were they doing? There's just got to be guys that are better at dunking than those guys. I mean, o- Obi was fine. Obi Toppin was good. Like, yeah. it, he's like yeah. a standard dunk contest participant. That was fine. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, it's, it's the one that you put in the dunk contest just because you have to put someone from New York in. Sure. Like, sure. Those stuff, like, cannot be your star. I mean, no, that should not have been the star of the game. He he's a solid contributor. I mean, whenever Juan Toscano Anderson makes the finals and he just literally could not do the dunks he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, you see the disappointment in his face as he gets hung up with only getting like half of his forearm into the rim. And you're like yeah. you're like, oh no. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, no. This is really bad. Like Obi won by default, you know. Yeah. Oh, Zach Vobernick says that he expected more from Jalen Green. Didn't we all expect more from yeah. Jalen Green? You know what? That's, a, that's been the theme of Jalen Green's career so far, is I expected yeah. more. That's that's where that's where everybody is right now with Jalen Green. Yeah, no, it was a sad, sad moment. It was. It was terrible. Uh, let's. We're going to answer as many questions as possible here. And this is actually a pretty good place to start. It's from our guy at J. Ralph Smith. Jay wants to know, after the skills competition, are you ashamed that you rejected the magic bird comp for Josh Giddy? <laughs> of course. He's, yeah, that's all I need to everything. see, right? So. <laughs> yeah, that was fun seeing it, and it was the, the yeah. whole the whole thing was kind of cool just to see Josh flourish throughout the skills competition, but one, the commentary was really funny because they were just like dogging 
even on Josh, who was the first person to go on the shooting competition, they were kind of mm-hmm. ragging on him the whole time yeah. he was doing it. Yeah. And then it turns out he had like the second best score amongst everybody. <laughs> I mean, or maybe third best, but anyway. Third. His first Garland and Mobley, then him. Yes, yes, Garland. Yeah, Garland, Mobley, and then Giddy. And they were acting like he was just trash. I was like, well, you know what? He, he's really got to develop his shooting. And then guys go and they're getting like, like eight points <laughs> or whatever, six points. I was like, oh my goodness. Like he actually did quite well. And, yeah, and just kind of his standstill shooting stuff was was a little bit surprising. Yeah, it was okay. It was wide open. I mean, it's, um, hey, those are professionals. I, I expect. Yeah, him but to, I'm not, telling not you, like, everybody else that was a professional that was wide open, like Scotty Barnes looked like the Scotty Barnes that we were all promised yeah. at the draft. Yeah. The thing that I loved the most about Guy is the uh, video that OKC Thunder uh, Media put on the on Twitter said, we didn't get the result that we wanted. <laughs> really? Like, there was a result to be wanted? They <laughs> wouldn't be holding the trophy there at the end. Hey, he al- they almost oh. did it. They were just a few seconds away from doing it. And then, and then please explain why one competition is worth 200 points if it serves nothing. Like you win that one yeah. and you still have, you have the most points and you still have to go to the finals. Like it's, it's, it's completely nonsense to me. The, the targets of the passes were so wide. They I mean, were huge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- I, come on. Yeah, that like, was that there was were guys kinda... that were throwing the ball like this. Yeah, stuff. there were. <laughs> it was it like it was designed for me, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, just I mean, not not like like you can make it a little bit tougher without making it impossible. Yeah, but if and, you yeah. just make them half as big, really, then it's yeah, you can actually showcase your passing skills. All that's doing yeah. is just showcasing your ability to throw a ball a certain distance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and why is this racism between left and right? Like the the, the left, the, the shot on the right hand side was what one point, yeah. and the same shot on the on the left side was two points. Yeah. What is this thing? Like, <laughs> why is? <laughs> it was such a. It was weird. I thought it was somewhat engaging, but it was still. The whole thing there were there were a lot of it left you with a lot of questions and even yeah, all like, of the even all the guys afterwards were like yeah they didn't really explain the rules very well to us before yeah. we started yeah I mean like no one took the one point shot like yeah. no one yeah of course no not Why would you? I love that Garland started to take five points that like, was awesome yes that is what you're supposed to do three mm-hmm. and five yes exactly yeah. or the corner shot is worth four. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's it's really nonsensical. I mean, I'm I'm okay like doing two the the two pointers, one point, corner two points, and top of the key three points. That is that's more logical. Yeah, that's a little bit more logical. But anyways, who cares? It's just fun. It's just all for fun. (laughs) The sure it was probably the best event for Saturday night though, was the skills competition, which is it says a lot about how we were doing on our all-star Saturday night. Yeah, mainly because you don't want Cat to really win the three-point contest. Come on. I mean, yeah. it's you need someone like more fun. I would have yeah. preferred Canard. Is it weird? Yeah, a little bit. I'm I'm completely and utterly exhausted by Luke Canard this season. I'm over <laughs> it. I'm over he's, him. He's okay. He's no, a he's player. good. That's and that's why I'm over. Like I one I just cannot stand watching that Clippers team anymore. Like I'm just really yeah. honestly so sick of watching that Clippers team and he's always just like right in the mix doing mm-hmm. stuff. Like that trade ended up being pretty good for them. 
Yeah. You know, him or Sadiq they are Bay, well like it's kind of a toss up right now, you know. Yeah, they are well coached. I mean, it's it's all Tyloo's fault. It is. Yeah. If they had if they could just have a coach that was just 20% less competent, you know, we're, oh. we're probably doing a little better. Yeah. So, uh Friday night though was a, was pretty good. Did you watch those games? Yeah, very little. Yeah, that were that was actually that was really fun. Whoever had that idea, like big time props to you because usually the the rookie sophomore game is usually nothing to write home about, but the, yeah. tur- the tournament style, playing to 50 and then having the last game to 25, you know, that was really fun, especially the way they ended up where it's basically game point for both of them. I wish mm-hmm. they didn't end on free throws. A couple of them ended on free throws, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah. You know, I missed those. Um, my Saturday Saturday was a little bit packed. So, yeah. and I watched basically the entire Saturday night this morning on my cell phone while, while my kids were like, <laughs> they were handling the TV. So it's yeah, it's like life in the weekend is hard. It's dad life. No, I'm a well well aware of what that life looks like. <laughs> I do that on the reg. Uh, all right, let's go to our next question. Uh, at Ben Elephant King wants to know why did it take so long for Josh Giddy to become LeBron's favorite player? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is on on LeBron, not on us. Like exactly. he is, he's spectacular. And I mean, again, the the best point of that interview was not Josh Giddy and was not Sam Presti. Was the fact that somehow. <laughs> one of the best players drafted by Presti was not in the list. Yeah, he's... That was very weird. Top three of, of the list. You just don't put him in there and you name Reggie and Jeff... Jeff, yeah. Jeff Green is a weird... Kind of a weird one. Because Jeff... Yeah, but he, the, at least he played with him. Yeah, exactly. Did he? In Cleveland? I think yeah, so. Yeah, he, he did for a minute. He did for a minute. But still... Yeah. It's, it's Jeff Green. Like, he's drafted fifth and was maybe like, I don't know, the 10th best player in that draft. <laughs> I don't know. Like not, Yeah, not, possibly. Yeah, that was so great. But I mean, LeBron has I, has like a very good memory. So mm-hmm. I can't, can't think that he LeBron, just forgot. LeBron does everything intentionally. Every yeah. single thing. Like I cannot sit here and think like, oh, he just forgot. You know, like, no. I think LeBron is very intentional with everything mm-hmm. he says, especially, and, and people are like, why, why is LeBron saying you know, F the picks one day and then on the the next day praising Sam Presti, who is like, you know, his heart is made of draft picks. You know, like, why is he doing that? Well, I can tell you why. It's because he believes that his general manager is doing a really terrible job. And so he he praised anybody who's doing a good job yeah. at anything. Yeah, you and know? it's not that, that, that LeBron is, is saying, hey, the strategy is amazing. He said a very different thing. He said yeah. that Presti is one of the best evaluators yeah. of draft yeah. uh, prospects, which yeah. is like the truth. And so, I mean, it's, but, but let's go back to Giddy. I mean, Giddy is awesome. Uh, he's just, I mean, I know that uh, we, we should answer questions and, and not like uh, diverge into like discussions about Giddy, mm-hmm. but I, I can't, I'm excited to see how this coaching staff will maximize Giddy and Shea together. Because this is the the focal point of next season, I think. Uh, because you can clearly see that when Shea has space around him, he's deadly. Mm-hmm. When Giddy has space around him, he's deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two of them together, they still try. They still have to find a way to play together. Yeah. 
and it's it's going to be uh, those are smart smart guys um and so i'm sure that they will they'll figure it out yeah i'm intrigued to see if shay does come back you know and looks good after the all-star break you know it's really just going to be all about those two and how do yeah. we orchestrate an offense that works around those two and the more we've seen josh on ball in recent weeks I think it's just abundantly clear that they need to find more ways to space Shea off ball. Yeah. And see if yeah. they can make that work somehow. And, you know, Giddy's shot the ball well from the corners. And so if you can get Giddy space in the corners, like that's fine. But you, you can't take the ball out of one of like the five most special passers in the NBA. Yeah. Wow. Is that, is that too hyperbolic? To say no uh, maybe not this year but in two or three years maybe it's the case yeah i mean he's up there i mean was he top 10 top 10 best passers in the nba yeah 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 10 15 yes i mean you want to take the ball out of that guy's hands like no like the suns aren't taking the ball out of steve nash's hands you know the, the <laughs> nuggets aren't taking the ball out of Jokic's hands i'm being serious no, I, I, I mean i'm being serious and i'm no, no, I, I know. Feel like I I've know, come I know. to that conclusion uh, over the past few weeks that Giddy is not the best player on the Thunder. Like that's not that's not where we're at here. But he will be the best facilitator on the team, you know. And no, he's probably is already that 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 part is true already. I, so, I think he's a better facilitator than than Shea already. Yeah, I um, just it's it's going to be an interesting balance between the two. And there's some questions upcoming that will take us through yeah, some, can I, some other stuff too. Can I hijack the pod a little bit more? Hijack. Just for two seconds. Go. Um, I listened to, uh, I was listening this um, afternoon while I was running the low post um, with, uh, with Scalabrini. Yeah. And he said something very important that this year Tatum made the leap because he's giving the ball up way more than before and the ball is finding him yep. in better spots. Mm-hmm. And I think this is very relevant for Shea. Agreed. Like, yeah. I'm sure that if Shea realizes, hey, I can attack when the defense is broken and I can leave Giddy with the ball and get it back because Giddy will find him. Giddy's not taking a ter- like an insane amount of shots right now. He's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Like, he's taking 12, 13. Like, this is natural. It's not that he's averaging 25 shots per game. He's not eating shots. Yep. So I'm sure that if these is a, is the um, is a talking point for the future, we will see Shea giving the ball up way more. Yeah, and then we will see the ball coming to Shea for a wide open corner tree, for a wide open wing tree, for a one on one matchup that he can destroy. It's not important if Shea kills the best defender on the other team. It may happen in the playoffs, but if he's ha- if he has like a, a good matchup, this is what you should find. For him, yeah. like he can be way more efficient and put up twenty shots, like better shots, and average twenty eight points a game, even if he doesn't have the ball in his hands at all times. I think that this is um, very doable for Shea. Yeah. Right now, Josh Giddy via BetMGM has the second best odds at winning Rookie of the Year. Which yeah. is kind of interesting. He Evan oh. Mobley's minus three fifty. <laughs> Which is like he's gonna win it, but then Josh is like plus eight fifty, Cade Cunningham plus nine hundred, Scotty Barnes nine hundred, and then it just goes to the 
through the ceiling, through the roof. Franz Wagner plus 2,000. So it really is Evan Mobley's to win. And really the only thing that would jeopardize it is if like he had a season-ending injury and then Josh Giddy just takes off, then he could possibly win it. But having the second-best odds, I mean, if I would have told you at the beginning of the, of the season that, hey, Michaela, we're going to get the all-star break, and Josh Giddy is going to have the second best odds to win rookie of the year. I think you'd be a little surprised. I would have been very surprised. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. To hear that. If you say me, he's still top five in in odds. I would say, hey, yeah, that, that I see that. Yeah. It's not that I think that that is uh, necessarily uh, like a sure thing, mm-hmm. but I, I probably had in my mind, hey, he can be. Um slightly better than the position where Sam put it, uh, pick him. Yeah. But to be like, to play like the second best player in this rookie class for stretches, that was something that I did not anticipate. Yeah. Me either. Quite impressive. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's go to the next question. Uh, at Chathamus33, is there anything to read into LeBron's comments about Presti? Uh, is it angling to get to try to get Presti to LA or is it just honest admiration? I don't think a job in LA would lure Presti away from the perfect rebuild, but it's odd that he said it unprompted. I don't think that he, he wants Presti to be his GM, to be honest with you. I don't think, I don't know that LeBron, I mean, honestly, LeBron builds his own teams. Exactly. You know, it's about control. Yeah. And they both want it, yeah, to a very high degree. It, so it, it would, it would, it's not a match made in heaven. Let's just say that <laughs> for those hey, two. If in the future LeBron wants to be a great coach, I'm sure that he will see uh, Presti as a great GM to work with. That is for sure. True. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that. The, and the, and Presti and LeBron and. Westbrook and everybody for that, like these stars for that matter, all kind of cut from the same cloth mentally, you know? So yeah, I I wouldn't read into it a whole lot. And, you know, I, I'm not under any like false impression that Sam Presti will never leave the thunder. I think he, there's a chance that he might, you know, so we can't be blind to that. But for now, I think you know, he's been given like a really interesting chance to, um, you know, rebuild this team from the ground up with a billion picks. And I, I, you know, my guess is that he'd like to see it through at least to some degree. So, but we shall see. Uh, at Lester Freeman says, agree or disagree. Player comps can be f- a fun thought exercise, but are mostly pointless for evaluating prospects. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they they only help to just give a frame of reference. Just it's not um, something that necessarily tells us the story of how a player will develop. Um, but in order to to give you like an immediate idea of how the player looked like on the court, whenever you are scouting him, I think that comes may be useful. Again, not to 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 pull the trajectory of the career, yeah. but to, to give you like a visible idea of what the impact can be on the court for a guy like that. So I think that no for like talent evaluation are useless uh, and probably some somewhat misleading, but to give you an idea of how that player plays, yes, that can be something that you can use comps for. 
that's why it's so hard with with Giddy because there is not many play. I, I think that like Giddy plays a lot like Jokic in some yeah. sense. Like the yeah. fact that he just put the ball uh, back back to the basket and just surveys the court and and, and just nails guys with passes. Is Giddy Jokic? Of course not. But like you can take comps to say, hey, look at how Jokic plays back to the basket and see the, the floor. Giddy plays a little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think that comp is um, a crazy one. You kind of need a, a weirdo, you know, essentially to comp Giddy with. And, you know, Jokic is certainly that. Um, Next one. I agree, though. Like The more I look at draft prospects, the more I just don't really like doing comps. It's more of just like conceptualize it for people. Like this is what this guy does, but I prefer to just look at the skill set they have and say that yeah. this, is, this is, you know, what they are, what they do. Because, yeah, I mean, people have sent me all kinds of comps for Josh and it's just like, yeah, that's that's not really it. It's close, but there's like these three things this guy did that's just not yeah. really comparable. You know, that's why you can take parts of the game. Like you can say, "Hey, he, when he's in this situation, he's kind of like that. When he plays in that situation, he's kind of like that." So you can you can take pieces out of other players and, and glue them together and give an idea um, of how that that player looked like on the court. But like to find like a single player and say, "Hey, this is that guy," yeah, it's it's not all that useful. Yeah, agreed. Uh, next question from F405 fan. Have you looked at any rim protecting centers in this draft? Walker Kessler is averaging six and a half blocks per 36 this year. High since Anthony Davis at 5.2 in 2012. He's averaging 1.5 steals. Um, there are three to four centers in the 15 to 30 range. You could even pair Chet and Jabari or Paolo with. A guy like Walker Kessler. Have you watched any of him? No, as as you know, I I have yet to start. Um, but in general, the thought of a shot blocker is like the idea to get a shot blocker is nice. Um, but I don't think that you you want to sacrifice any bit of space in order to get a shot blocker. There are other ways. To build a good defense, a good enough defense, mm-hmm. and this year is uh, is basically a, the best example for that. Mm-hmm. OKC has zero rim protector, and yet they have a good enough defense. Now, is this sustainable? Um, I don't know, uh, but I see guys like Basley, like JRE, uh, being better next year. Yeah. So why are you taking a guy for a skill that is useful? Yes, but with how OKC is constructed. If you if you take away space, that skill is probably something that you cannot use in a playoff setting in the last five minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. So are you really um, like using that to? I mean, to as a draft pick? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's interesting. He's seven one. He's he's huge. He's two forty five. He's a big, big, big dog. Um, I don't, I think that he, I mean, he's a center only. And so I also wonder about just flexibility and versatility with your lineups. If that's the kind of guy that you want, you know, cause he's not going to space the floor. He's going to score on the basket. Some pretty good rebounder, you know, like those are the 
kind of players in, you know, the last time the Thunder had a guy like that, um, man, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see if that's if that's somebody that they would buy it on. He's he's probably going in the twenties. Yeah, probably in the mid twenties. Mark Williams mm-hmm. is another guy out of Duke who is yeah. a, about they're about the same age, about the same size. Honestly, maybe Mark is a little bit more athletic and he's going to go a little bit higher. And so I'd rather opt for somebody that's a little bit more athletic than Walker Kessler is. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about the guys year. around him to be able to say like, oh, I would definitely take so-and-so over him. But again, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be like blocking and 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 like in shooting, um, but you need to have something else uh, to like, you need to, to be an elite short role player, um, you know, to, to make sense with right. a team like OKC again. Um, so maybe Jalen Duran is developing that to a certain degree, and you you are there. It's uh, like everything goes badly on draft night. AJ Griffin goes ahead, and you are pick number seven. You say, "Hey, he can be good." Yeah, and that that I can get by. Um, and Jalen Duran, compared to these other guys, he's at least two years younger. Yeah, exactly. Too, and is. Giant, six eleven, two fifty. He's a massive. Yeah. I, I would like. I'd rather try it with that guy who's crazy athletic, and is yeah. he's certainly behind Kessler as far as like skill, skill level, and technique and everything. But the potential of a Jalen Duran is uh, pretty crazy of, of what he could be, especially with guys that can can pass and score and giddy and SGA you know it's not it's not the worst consolation prize in the world so yeah uh, all right next question we'll be doing more draft stuff as as things progress here definitely um, at Tyler K field how would Bronny and his dad fit on the new age thunder what kind of prospect is Bronny first overall lotto late first? I um I don't know honestly I don't know that much about him I don't know how good he's going to be I know he's in the 2024 class I believe so yeah sorry I got nothing but it'd be kind of cool to see LeBron wearing a Thunder uniform <laughs> that's about all I got <laughs> no matter what the age is it would be kind of an incredible thing to cover so yeah uh, no it would be amazing yeah not not quite sure at the fluky if the Thunder pick lands outside the top five should Presti seriously consider trading Shea to realign the rebuild that's um, that's an interesting question there was also um, a question that I read somewhere and I remember about um, would you trade um, if you say that you get number four you, you, you stay at number four mm-hmm. would you trade Shea and draft Holmgren and, and Ivy and move forward with them yeah. instead of it's it's, it's such a risky proposition you don't know you never know yeah um you are there six seven there is AJ Griffin who seems like a guy who was supposed to be great and he's being good to great um yeah maybe maybe he's the guy that takes 15 shots for your team Seven of those are trees. He plays good enough defense. He's sturdy enough on the defensive side. We don't 
need maybe your team improves organically um and, and it's enough i mean like trading shay means probably being worse next season um, worse next season being, and the season after yeah and the season after to some degree i mean what this is, team was not terrible without shay either like true. yes they play bad teams um but this team is so competent defensively mm -hmm. that it's very hard to be a terrible team mm -hmm. um, when you when you have a top 15 defense. That is just hard. In order to be terrible, you need to be atrocious defensively. And, and, and OKC will not be. If, um, it, you'd have to be so sure about Chet. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, you'd have oh, to. Yeah. If you thought that Chet is like, hey, he's like Evan Mobley with like a better three-point shot, then the answer is yes. You do it. You know? Yeah. If the answer is we don't really know what he is, then the answer is absolutely not. <laughs> like absolutely yeah. not. I just but but that is the draft. I mean, um, you're giving up a lot to a lot. To, to give away Shay yeah. for the number one pick. Um, yeah. If Orla if Orlando got it, like that would be, I'm sure Orlando would be the one making the call. You know, to Oklahoma City saying, hey, mm -hmm. we don't need <laughs> another long, rangy big. What we need is somebody that's actually good at creating and can be, you know, a number one guy. Like, the Orlando Magic are in this kind of weird spot. And this is kind of the worst draft for them because they're in this spot. It's like, we need a we need somebody that can create that's not named Cole Anthony. Help, like, help us. <laughs> You know, because I don't know that Jalen Suggs is ever going to be that guy either. But you and we talked about this a ton at draft time. You pair Shea and Jalen Suggs together, and you can get if you can get Isaac healthy and Wagner. Like then, then you're actually kind of cooking with something. You know, mm. like that's kind of interesting. But is it? Yeah, but suppose that. Um, I mean, would you say yes to something like you you give away the full Canadian squad? But you get number one in Wagner. Hmm. I don't think I would do the swap directly. Well, I, you can you can I give some ask, extra assets. I was you can say, give some extra assets to, to, to say, endure the pill. I would ask for like Wendell Carter. You know why? Because I mean, I, I I don't know. I just would. I would ask for somebody else instead of Franz Wagner. Not, no, no, not instead. Not instead. I mean, if you're giving up Dort and Shea, then yeah, you have to ask for Wagner. Yeah. In a deal like that. You see, that part is a little bit exciting for me. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you could basically start... I don't really want to give up Dort, but if you did give up Dort, I mean, then your, start, then your team is... And you get to keep the fourth pick. Let's say the Thunder have four. Of course. That's yes. that's where it's interesting because you could start it with Chet, Ivy, Giddy. I mean, yeah, this I mean that's that is it's intriguing, but you're giving up two players you know are good. Yes. You know, which which makes but in it that, more in difficult. that case, you are horrible in twenty twenty two and you, I mean and you have the yeah, chance you're, bad. you're real bad to get. Yeah. That trade is, um, again, it's something that doesn't happen 
um but it's at least you see the reason behind it like for if orlando is uh a little bit um i don't know in a hurry yeah and you're not and you're really not uh then a lineup with giddy wagner chet uh ivy and basically like you have basically four guys that are six seven and above um, it's extremely like, tempting for me. It's that is crazy. It's extremely that is crazy. If you don't, extremely yeah, put tempting. JRE if you don't want to to put Basil in the starting unit. You can you can have him as the center. Sure, but that is that is something like I don't know. And again, Shea is great. Um, Shea is great. But Shea is great. So I think that we are all saying this because we have this kind of bad taste in our mouth of the pairing with Shea and Giddy because if Shea was to average 28 efficient points, no one will even consider that. And yeah. I think that Shea can absolutely be back to that level in a year yeah, um, because of better spacing, because of better coaching on the offensive side, because of Giddy just basically being more uh, sure about his NBA skills and stuff like maybe a little yeah. bit more of Trayman, like these stuff are important. And if Shea goes up in efficiency again mm -hmm. and he's a 28 point score i mean even if you you think that chat is like great i mean that is a guy that you want to have uh talk about shay so it's yeah i know and the other side of it too is not only the talent fit it's the how long can you prevent yourself from being closer to the middle than you want to be you know yeah, is like another thing because if you don't think Shea is a top player on your team, like if you don't think that he's the number one guy, and you don't you get the sixth pick in this next draft, like that's where you have to take a really hard look at what exactly are we doing, where exactly are we going, can we use the picks that we have to trade up? If you can't that's when you have to really take a good hard look at the rebuild and say, do we want to commit to the Shea Giddy rebuild? Yeah. And the answer may be yes. The answer could definitely be yes, but the answer could also be no. Like we, we were kind of hoping that we would get the third pick or second pick in this draft. Yeah. You know, I don't know where the, the, the thunder, you know, I don't know where Presti's head is at or where any of his guys' heads are at with regards to this question, but I think it's a very interesting question that they will have to face yeah. if they don't get lottery luck. If you get lottery luck, you throw it all out, and then you just pair Shea and, and Giddy with whoever you like at the top. You know, yeah. <clears throat> it will yeah. the, getting luck in the lottery just takes away so many questions for yeah, for, but for take everybody. this year. Yeah. Take this here. How do you define lottery for us? We might we might end up having the second slash third best player in this class. It's true. It's true. We don't know how they evaluate these guys. We don't know. Like the Thunder yeah. might be like, you know, AJ Griffin's number two on our board. Exactly. Yeah, we don't like, know. It can be that. Or it can be that Jalen Brown is the guy that they want. And Could they be. didn't trade for center, they didn't move anything. They uh, started JRE playing with Muscala or with Favors because they think that long, tall, energetic, big is stuff that they need. Maybe this is why they tried to pair 
basically in JRE with the Akita because they 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 want them to play with a um, center that occupies a certain place on the court places on the court. I don't know. Uh, the point is, draft lottery is important, essential, but sometimes your skills are as important. I mean, Giddy again, Giddy may be the second best player in this class. Or the third. Well, let's, let's talk about that. At Trust the Void says, how far away is Giddy from being the number two prospect in last year's draft? Would you trade him for Cade or Scotty right away? Or is it pretty close? Um, to be fair, I would swap it immediately for Mobley. Yeah, um, immediately. Yeah. Not not maybe immediately, but even very, what very makes that tough though very is fast. what makes it and and I guess it really doesn't make it that tough because then you just be incredibly tall and versatile. Is like what if you think Chet's the best guy and you get the number one pick? You know, can you play Chet and yeah. Mobley together? Like the answer is actually probably yes. <laughs> you yeah. can. You can be. Yeah, you can. Um, you can because he he can play like. He's switchy enough. Yeah. So so you do it immediately. Yeah. For Cade, also, um, mainly because he's such a good shooter, um, such a good passer, that, I mean, it's not a sure thing that in five years, this is the same answer. Um, I'm probably bad on Cade's ability to to be to be a great shooter to be honest and to be a good enough passer to be if you have a 40 percent shooter that passed the ball like Kate, you have an all-star period mm -hmm. and with giddy you're not sure about that but i would think about it yeah because giddy has a special 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 gift yeah he does and when you have a special gift like that and you are as competitive as he is i mean it's hard to let him go it's really hard because the drive is as important as the talent and sometimes what you perceive as thrive is not really that important i mean if you ask me is Levine going to be an all-star i'll say probably not yeah uh when he was uh with mini so, oh yeah no uh, yeah i think everybody would be like, what are you really? talking about that yeah. guy yeah there's no way that guy and then yeah uh oh michael's frozen yeah you, you, once you see like he he's right you just don't know we don't know. Even now, like we feel like we know. But you look at a lot of these draft class in year one or at the end of even year two, and you feel like you know what the class is. But you don't. You don't know. Even today, like we, there's going to be somebody, a Zaire Williams or even Kaminga or somebody is going to flourish at some point, yes. even, even in the 2008 draft, like Westbrook was, was not close <laughs> to what he is today. Like not oh, even yeah. close. I mean, it was still like, is he even a point guard? you know, like we didn't know. Um, yeah. You know, the 20, you look back even like the 2016 class where like dragon bender goes four and Chris Dunn goes five and buddy healed is six, you know, where you think, you know, Sabonis went 11 in that draft. Yeah. And even in then, at the end of that first year, we were like, yeah, that might be right. Or maybe Sabonis should have even gone later than he did. Well, Sabonis would be a top five pick if he did a redraft today. 
in that class. Yeah. You know, Jamal Absolutely. Murray went seven. Like we, I mean, Jamal Murray might really be the best player in that class next to, you know, Jalen Brown. Like we just, you just don't know. I mean, you just have yeah. no clue. And, you know, this, the class that we're looking at now, it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, certainly compare that 2016 class, like it's really, really good. Yeah. But we still don't know. Josh could end up being the best player in the class, or he could be the third best player. We just we don't know. But we can be thankful that Sam found a player that is like one of the worthwhile guys because it was there was always going to be the case that somebody in the top seven or eight was not going to be very good, or was going to struggle out the gate, or was yeah and. You know, right now it looks like it's going to be Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs, you know, and both both have had bright spots this year, but Jalen Suggs is incredibly inefficient as a scorer. So yeah. is Jalen Green, and they, they both have a long way to go. But you look at Cade and Mobley and Barnes and Giddy, and, and Barnes has even struggled as of late. Um, yeah. And, and Wagner, you know, like those are good, good pros, but – to say he's number two, as we stated before, like he's number two no. in the rookie of the year race, but if you did a redraft, maybe he goes five or four, you know? Like that's that's probably where I would put him. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I mean, with Barnes, it's probably a toss up. Barnes is, is they're a just great so defender. different. They're just so different. Yeah. Yeah. Barnes is a giant. I mean, he's huge. Yeah. And I think that there are teams that probably draft Jalen Green before because of the upside yeah, of being a possible. sensational scorer. And someone, even if Jalen Suggs is struggling right now, hey, maybe they they draft him before as well because they they believe that he can work through his efficiency and he's a winner and yada, yada, yada. Um, so it's it's possible. But I think that if you want to draw a line after Mobley and Kate and say that there is a group, uh, I think that the Giddy is probably on the lead in that mm-hmm. group. Yeah. Yeah. He, and the youngest of those guys too. Exactly. Which is pretty, He's so young. Pretty wild. And he processed the game to such a high level that it's hard to see him like not improving. Mm-hmm. Again, today's Calabrini was talking about um, today. We're having some connection issues with Michele. Um, I was really excited for what he was about to say, though. <laughs> Sorry, I dropped. Uh, okay. See, me talking well about Draymond Green and everything stops. Um, no, it was just basically saying, hey, he processed the action oh, like yeah. a second before it happens. Yeah. And you see Giddy processing the game yes. earlier than others. Yeah. So other it's... End, um, yeah. yeah, it's very... There's a lot of Steve Nash in what he does, certainly. Yeah, um, especially his shot. He's just much taller, just much much bigger. Uh, at narrow expanded, what weight do you give to Hollinger's off-season trade, sending Favors and Filler to the Lakers for Westbrook and their 2027 pick? A buyout for Russell Westbrook and OKC carries his and Kemba's dead salary through 2023. Does Presti even consider this? Is this a twenty twenty? Is the twenty twenty seven pick worth it? Thoughts? I mean, I I was already smashed on Twitter uh, say, for you're suggesting kind of the it. Person to ask, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I I think that uh, there's no disrespect on 
allowing a player to like regroup, refocused, and, and find a way to make it work for him. Uh, you will pay him the money, um, not everything probably, if you reach a buyout. I think you can work out something where OKC is in no trouble in terms of tax mm -hmm. um, and just pay Russ, whatever. I don't think that the Lakers do that though. Like, mm -hmm. favors? Like, is this is just a dump. It's a dump. Like, the Lakers cannot allow this. They need to get someone. This needs to be part of a bigger deal yeah. where somehow they get something. Mm -hmm. uh something else yeah. because that trade doesn't make any sense um i mean you you just keep russ and try to work out another year because favors gives you nothing that you need um if you say that you get kenrich and i don't know someone else ty jerome maybe but lebron doesn't like that he, he doesn't no. want <laughs> Kenrich Williams. <laughs> no. Even if Kenrich is exactly what he needs right now, he doesn't want that. Yeah. So it's Yeah, I mean the Lakers have messed up big time. And I the Thunder might be one of the only teams that could take Russ, but I don't know. I, I, if the pick is completely unprotected in twenty seven, you probably do it. But yeah. you know, and I would ask for a swap too. Because if you did it in the summer at the draft, you could request the year after. Or I get no. Yeah. Could, does twenty nine open up then? All right. No, you can right request after. a swap anyways. It doesn't violate the stepping rule, right? Yeah. If you do, if you do twenty seven plus twenty eight swap, yes. All right. Done. I would do that. Yeah. But again, it's nonsensical. I think that for them. Yeah, for them, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they they need to get players, yeah. um, even rentals. Yeah. Uh, at Kaler underscore Campbell, is Al Babycakes going too far to embarrass Andrew K. Schlecht in the Andrew versus the Beat? Uh, he had a couple questions in this last one that made me feel like he did take it a little bit too far. He was giving somebody points on something that I got all the answers right to and like gave them a chance. Like That was... <laughs> That was a little too far. You that picked was, the wrong question, Andrew. That's I, on you, exactly. not on him. That's what he said. That's what he said. And how do I know that he's yeah. not just pick? I mean, he says I can say whatever number. He can give me whatever question he wants. There's no, I don't know how this wow. works. I think that he's, you're implying that he's making like he's oh, more, tampering with oh, the, with I'm, the. I'm more than implying. I'm accusing. Oh yeah. wow, you're accusing. Yeah, that is some serious accusation. Wow. Uh, let's see. Um, a lot of LeBron questions in here. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Okay. The world has caught wind of our Aussie baby boy. Rank these backcourt running mates to play next to Josh for the next five years. SGA, Trey Mann, Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, Shaden Sharp. Uh, I know very, very little of the last three. Yeah. So that that's for me is just a toss up, which I would rank them in the same order. <laughs> <laughs> you like that order? It's a good order. Yeah. I mean, I watched a very little uh, highlight reel of Shaden Sharp, mm -hmm. and as has everyone. 
So yeah. you, are, you are on the same level as most people, unless you've somehow seen him in person. And of course, if I watch the, the, the pieces where he makes basket and he runs hard and jumps high, mm -hmm. that is amazing. I mean, you all, we all want players that can hit from like long distance, mm -hmm. jump very high and being very, very active in defense. He has huge ends, by the way. Yeah. The, that is very good. Yes. The kind of player that Shaden Sharp could be could easily make him the number one guy. Um, yeah. However, I, I would have it. I would, it would be so hard for me to take him in the draft because we haven't seen him in your in yeah. his in what should be his first year of college you just don't see him at all and like those guys are just so risky it is so yeah. risky because you just don't know what they're going to end up being and you take that high of a pick on them i'd be i'd be scared um this is the moment where i remember to everyone that hamidou diallo once what was once a guy that should have gone in the 15 10 to 20 range yeah. mm -hmm. Based on the unknown, he went through a year in Kentucky and he's probably like a second round pick still. Yeah. Like yeah. even if you take the production, he he's probably an NBA player, but it's not the player that you really want to draft in the maybe in the late first round. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe like the twenty-fifth pick would be fine for a guy like Hami. But if you're using the fifth pick or the seventh pick, man, you gotta be sure. So my order would be SGA. Number one, just because I think SJ mm -hmm. is he's the most surefire NBA scoring talent on this list. Then yeah. I would probably go Jaden Ivey next. Mm -hmm. And then probably Johnny Davis and then Trey Mann and then Shaden Sharp. Just because Johnny Davis is twenty twenty three, right? Huh? Am I wrong? What? Uh what year is Johnny Davis? Um He's coming out in the draft. He's coming out? Yeah, twenty two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean a little bit bigger than Trey. Um, I don't know. I just I just need to see a little bit. Honestly, I need to see more from everybody. But Johnny yep. Davis will be a top ten pick in the draft, you know. And mm -hmm. I don't know that Trey Mann would even be a top ten pick in the draft if you redid the draft today. So that's no, so, probably not. Well, um, it depends <laughs> if you take the last five games. Probably. <laughs> yeah, if you take the last ten games, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, but if you think, like, how, I mean, the NBA has such a huge sample size immediately. Like, yeah. you know, everything about these guys. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's see how we close, though. He He's playing better. I think that um, if you redraft way more, uh, like, knowing what you know now, way more analysts would put him in the lottery, in the late lottery slash top 20. Because he showed that he can be okay defensively and not terrible. Yeah. Which was the main knock on his game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is true. Um, let's see. Mm, lots of questions, lots of like draft questions that we're not quite ready to Too answer. Too early, yet. guys. Yeah. The April is the month where I promise it will start. Mm hmm doing research let's see extensively when you're hiring for your small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals 
for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, at Brian Briggs 1, the Thunder have four picks in the top 34 in the 2022 draft. Um, that's a lot. Do you, one, he's asking, who do, you, who do we like? But... Again, it's a little bit too early to really know. And also, we just don't, know, we, don't know where they're picking. Yeah. Shall uh, we say what kind of uh, ideal prospects, uh, not names, just skills that we think um, or player types that we think should be good for the current roster? Yeah, I mean we can and we can try I can try to match some of the guys that I do know with with the range that they're that we're in. If you Well, want. I'll do the I'll do the you do the skills part, part and you oh, do the matching. I'll do the matching, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. No, I think that um on the top 3 if you if you if you are like lucky enough to get a good pick, um then you really want to draft um a scoring big. Um not necessarily someone who who's averaging 25 points per game uh, but either that or i mean chad or jabari speed are like the best but i think that someone who with with touches and points uh from the center position that can maybe play um like short role and doing like being part of the offense and being part of the finishing yeah that is probably what you need yeah. um if you get a switch one even better uh because okc okc's defense uh cares a lot about guys that can understand what happened what is happening on the court and being very quick to switch yeah so this is the first need well that's why chet is just like to me it's just really yeah. perfect for what yeah they want to be on both ends like great shot blocker can shoot can pass can dribble can yeah do all these things i actually don't think that any of the three would be a bad fit you know yeah yeah possibly with paulo's three being the the most uh, dangerous thing for OKC right now. Yeah, but even even if he's not a three point shooter, uh, if he's a scorer, then you can probably be okay with it anyway. He is a scorer. Um, yeah, without a yeah. doubt. So a we'll see. 
Um, the second part uh, is finding a big wing. Um, yeah. Big wing with touch uh, doesn't necessarily needs to be someone who passed the ball at the high level. Uh, better if he's able to to do it on the move. Like um, it doesn't need to be. It's it's maybe Trey Murphy is a wrong. Um, I'm also convinced that Trey Murphy was not the pick to be made there but um but anyway someone like him that can be versatile enough defensively and can really hit a shot when he's open and maybe do a little bit on the move that would be something uh someone that i um i think really fits with okc's current roster yeah i mean I think AJ Griffin would be at the top there yeah. for me. I think Johnny Davis is another big wing, but he kind of has he needs the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just kind of get some question marks. Like, does anybody believe in Kendall Brown's shot? Uh, does anybody believe that yeah. Patrick Baldwin Jr. has a pulse? You know, like those are certainly questions. Like we get to a lot of questions really fast. <laughs> In this draft, yeah. especially when it comes to wings and guards in this draft, you know, outside of Jaden Ivey, like, who are you trusting, you know, as as a yeah. guard? And like, we get to Ty Ty Washington fast, and it's like, oh, okay, like, what exactly do we do with him? You know, it's it's quite an interesting draft, you know. And we need to. The good thing is, like, we're gonna get an NCAA tournament. We're gonna get to see these guys mm-hmm. a little bit more. And we'll have like a, a really nice sample of everybody, you know. And at the end of the day, we may still have the same questions that we have today. But, you know, just because these guys, you know, turn out to be some way in college doesn't mean that they're going to be that in the league. You know, guys change a lot and change fast. So, you know, this there's going to be somebody in the 6 to 16 range that's going to pop. It's It yeah. happens every single year it happens and it will happen with this draft too a guy that people had a ton of questions about will end up being one of the better players in this draft it doesn't matter you can go all the way back to whatever draft like pick a draft you can pick the worst draft in forever the 2013 draft and that draft had cj mccollum at 10 Giannis at 15 stephen adams at 12th you know you look at the rudy Rudy Gobert at the back half of that draft. Every draft. That's one of the worst drafts in a long time. Anthony Bennett went number one, for crying out loud. Yeah. Cody Zeller, four. Alex Lynn, five. Ben was McElroy, it seven. draft? This and Andre Robertson? Robertson was in this draft. Draymond Green was not in this draft. But Robertson, oh, it's the, the next one. Yeah, Robertson or, was... No, he was 2012. Yeah, 2012. 2012. Oh, the year where OKC drafted Perry Jones? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they took Perry Jones 28. Listen to this. The second round is just wild. Uh, Jay Crowder goes 34. Draymond Green, 35. Chris Middleton, 39. Will Barton, 40. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Second round. And then you look at even the top of that draft, like MKG goes two. Thomas Robinson yeah. goes five. Terrence Ross goes eight. Austin Rivers goes ten. Myers, Leonard's go, Myers Leonard and Jeremy Lamb go ten, uh, 10 and 11. 
That's weird. You know, every they're, you're gonna miss. Guys are gonna miss. And the Thunder were one yes. of the teams that missed in that particular draft. We thought on draft night, I remember dancing around my living room thinking the Thunder had gotten the next guy at 28. You know, little did mm-hmm. they know that some of the best role players of this era and some of the, like and legitimate all stars, two legitimate all stars. Yeah. We're at 35 and 39, you know? Yeah. You just don't yeah. know. And I fully expect OKC to, to try the international route for this season, um, trying to really scout hard if there is any draft and stash. I know the teams are not doing it uh, to, to a high degree right now. Even Vic Krejci yeah. came over immediately. Um, but there are guys that are playing, Rocco Procaccio, guys like that. Yeah. Um, that may be willing to sit a year or two um, in Europe before coming over. And like, I think that OKC needs to find ways to uh, have talent without like necessarily occupying roster spots immediately. Yeah. Is that Rocco, is something is, that they. Is Rocco going to be in this draft? He was uh, eligible for our last one. Yeah. So I think that this is the last year of his eligibility, or maybe yeah. he has another one, but I think he will declare. Yeah, he's 19. He's not, he's like, yeah. I, I guess he's not having a good year because he's like mocked in like the late second round. Yeah, yeah, he's not having a great year yet. He's not playing. He's, um, according to Sam Vecini, I'm not look. I mean, I'm not watching you like, so I can't pretend to know anything. But Sam said that um, he's very uninterested in playing any kind of defense at all. Huh. Well, we know that if he wants to play for the Thunder, he's going to have to play defense. We yeah, sure. there are a couple of Italian guys that are maybe it's too early for them. Prochita and Spagnolo are kind of interesting, but nothing, yeah, nothing really special, special to to lose your mind about. So it's um, but there are a couple of international guys that you can take with the second round pick and just see what happens without having the obligation to bring them over immediately. Yeah, uh, we'll go one more question and then we're gonna go. This is from at Simon Eat Dog. Uh, how much do you think the Thunder's top-ranked defense is on Mark? If Mark is on a different organization, like the Kings or the Rockets, do you think his coaching style and demand of effort and discipline drags a team like the Rockets into an okay defense? Um, this is very hard. Um, Billy Donovan's teams were good with very troublesome personnel. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In both, so, both here and in uh, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Now in Chicago is a little bit worse, but they really lost everyone who can play defense. Oh, so yeah. um, this is not really, he probably built a defense based on concepts that are, that were mm-hmm. based on Caruso's and Williams and Lonzo Ball abilities. You lose them, you lose a bunch. Um, back back to the question, Degnold is really asking them a lot. Uh, there, there is a very good article on, I think, Basketball Insider? Yeah. Uh, uh, am I right? Basketball News. No. Basketball News, sorry. Yeah. Um, we retweeted, everyone retweeted that. Um, it's a very interesting article that you should really read. Um, there are a lot Mark of clips. Mark wrote it. It's yeah, it's it's very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, well written, 
and there are a lot of examples to, to see how how hard it, it is to play defense in the NBA and and what are the concepts. So I think that in a, in a general organization, technology is a positive on that, um, meaning that maybe the overall talent, defensive talent of that unit is is uh, say a six, and he improves that to a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to be like in order to achieve what he's achieving with OKC, it takes full commitment. I was going to say, everyone. yeah, it takes full commitment, and it also takes an organizational alignment from the top to the bottom. Yeah. Not only so that everybody understands the, the the balance of power within the organization, but like Sam knows the kind of guys to get that will fit into mm-hmm. this defensive scheme. There's a lot of guys in Houston that I would say, you know what? It doesn't matter if it's Mark or Greg Popovich. That is not going to be a good defense. Yeah. Like Christian Wood, and I've said this yeah, before on the pod, I wouldn't take Christian Wood for free if they were just like, hey, you can have him, no damage to your cap sheet or anything. Like You can just have him. He can be a, a an exception on your roster, and he can just be on your roster. I'd say, no thanks. I do not want him on this team because he will drag you down and he's done it time and time again. He did it. Maybe you want it. That would be the only reason that you would want it is so that you could tank. But exactly. The Thunder are trying to create a type of balance where it's, we want to tank, but we also want to be laying the foundation for the structure that will be a team that is, that is long lasting. Like that's what they want to do. Yeah. They don't want these damaging players on their team. They don't want those kind of guys. No, I think no. They clearly they clearly made the choice. Kevin Porter Jr. is another one of those guys, where yeah. he's he's a damaging player to your system. He's incredible. He and Christian Wood, incredibly talented players, very oh, yeah. good players when it comes to just playing basketball. But at the end of the day, they're the kind of guys that fit with your organization. Like so, you know, yeah. Sam. Sam had the Sam had the option to get those guys, believe it or not, everybody. Like oh, yeah. they had the chance. Just throw a second rounder to the Cavs and KPG is yours. Easy. I mean the Thunder of anybody KPG. had expendable yeah. assets to go get somebody like that. It would have been a very simple transaction. The Thunder opted not to because mm. of the kind of foundation they want to lay for their team. They got a, they have Kenrich Williams and Ty Jerome and guys like that instead who are going to help you and help you to lay the the defensive foundation for guys like Shea and Giddy and Dort, the guys that are going to be there long-term, Jerry, Wiggins, whoever else, Trey. You know, if Trey Mann yeah. is playing with Christian Wood and he's playing with Kevin Porter Jr., do you think that his defensive trajectory is going to be different? The answer yes. is, yeah. Absolutely. Of course it's I mean, going to be different. And that's why I wor- would worry a little bit about Jalen Green, because like you can you can even see like man Jalen Green's like very uh, he gets very upset playing with Christian Wood a lot you know like visibly upset because the ball isn't yeah. moving around the perimeter and then defensively like that is not the kind of example that I would want for my guys. Yeah, and again, there. I mean, you if you are, uh, I mean, we all changed boss in our career or at least i did um and you change situation you change colleagues you changed 
you, you change when 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 change around you happen. Yeah. So, okay. or at least you have the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. So, um, you always mentioned Phoenix. Yeah. As a team that drafted well, um, they were terrible. Uh, well, they drafted a good one. Then they drafted Aiden, uh, and then they decided to clean house uh, and get the good guys in. Not the good guys, a certain type of guy. Yes. In. Yeah. A very good coach, and boom. Yep. Like Booker, all the the bad attitudes, the no defense kind of things, the seventy points just to the sake of making them, uh, which is like an incredible feat, by the way. Um, it's it's long gone. He's a winning player. Um, so it's not that is what you do. It's uh, like if you if you waste the two years of Jalen Green defense or learning attitude, it's necessarily something that you cannot uh, change in the future. Yeah. But if you start with the right in the right way, hey, that's that's better. I mean, yeah. Uh, it may be worse in terms of. Um, your uh, odds uh, for the draft, but surely, yeah, you are building the right way. Well, even look and at you, towns. And again, take who, Trey Man. And, like look at yeah. Well, Trey Man's a great example because I th- yeah. that's the kind of guy that could go either way. Like, yeah. the most I think so. The if you would have given like twelve alternative universes for Trey Man, like most of those universes exist with him being a poor defender, where he doesn't make it onto the court. You know in crunch time for most teams. Now, it doesn't mean that he's going to actually graduate and become a good defender and, and do everything here, but he's actually got a chance to do that now. I mean, look, I was going to say Towns is a really interesting example because like, he's had multiple coaches, mm-hmm. multiple... like Now he's had multiple owners. He's had mm-hmm. tons of teammates. They've had tremendous lottery luck. They've had the number one pick basically on their team twice. Yeah, And still... Like they're a play-in team, you know, and he's yeah. in his second contract. Now, that is sad. If Cat was had... if Cat, if Cat was with a team that had like competent leadership, competent ownership, just brought in the right kind of guys from the beginning and laid a defensive foundation and held him to a defensive standard, because Towns was supposed to be defense first. That's what he was oh, yeah. when he was drafted. And now and he's that was the first year with KG. That yes. was the year where he was really good. There was accountability then, there for him. And then, poof. yeah, and then it's gone. I mean, talent will take you so far, but you've got you've you've got to lay that foundation. Like that foundation has to be there. And Mark is a big part of it. But I don't want to understate the importance of Presti and Clay Bennett because those yep. two as a leadership tandem brought you Mark. They brought you the attitude of the organization. They brought you everything. It is a big, big deal to have great ownership and great management. And that's what will bring you the right kind of team and the right kind of players with the right kind of attitudes. And it, and and they empower Mark to do the job and they bring him the right kind of players. And so it's not just Mark. While Mark has done a good job, it's not just him. It's the entire like ethos of the thunder doing that. If you took the entire ethos of the thunder and put them in Houston, number one, they would probably get rid of Christian Wood and KPJ like that, <laughs> you know, and then try 
to build with what they have there with the rest of those guys. Like Josh Christopher, I think is would be a good player, you know, and somebody the Thunder, if they had that pick, maybe should have even considered, you know, at that spot. Obviously, the Thunder had an opportunity to get Shangun, but you know, I would give Shangun a little bit better, op, you know, opportunity to do better if you have better, you know, leadership from top to bottom. So. Yeah, it's a sorry. That was a very complicated way to answer it, but I think that <laughs> discussing Mark outside of those Sam and Clay, as far as like what what can be done, I just I don't know. I don't know. Mark is thirty six years old. Is Mark Degnall a thirty six year old Mark Degnall going to transform transform an entire organization? Like I just don't know. Um, no, you're right. You're definitely right. Empowering is also important. Yeah, uh, it's extremely important. Empowering and also putting a guy in the best position to succeed as a yeah. human being on the job. Yes. And I think that uh, the organization did that for Dagnold, and Dagnold is doing that for for his guys. Yeah. So it's um yeah, it's there's a domino effect yeah. at play here that starts with honestly, it starts with Clay. Clay Bennett is where it all begins because he completely yeah. empowers Sam. And then it just goes on and on and on to where Mark feels like he can completely empower a guy like Aaron Wiggins, who, you know, has been pretty good this year. So, all right, that's all. Thanks so much for listening. We tried to answer as many questions as we could. Uh, If we didn't get to your question, I do apologize. Hope you guys enjoy a little bit of a break. We are still going to pod Wednesday with Alex, Friday with the Fry Pod guys. I think the Thunder have another game starting Thursday night here at home. So we will be here. Also, uh, look out for podcasts on OKC Dream Team as well. We'll have more shows there as well. So look for those. I hope you guys have a great, great rest of your day. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.